Okay, we're starting from Nun Bey's Ahmed Bey's, uh, the first set of two dots, well into the Ahmed, maybe about 13, 14 lines. We said in the Mishnah, Tanur Abanan, quoting from the Mishnah, continuing with the Brisa. Again, a little more about Tumat Ahara. If you remember from last Ahmed, it'll be a, a similar concept, these next bunch of lines. When one dries their hands with the towel, they should go ahead afterwards and put it on the table. Why? If you were to just put it directly on the chair, maybe what's going to happen again? You're going to dry your hands on the towel. Then the towel is going to have tummy liquid on it. So that tummy liquid, once you put it on the chair, is going to touch the chair and make the chair tummy. Towel to liquid, liquid to chair. Chair becomes tummy. And then when you wash your hands during the meal with this towel, you're going to be tummy your hands because it has liquid that's tummy on it. The Gemara asks again, skip a step, just like we asked yesterday. Just say, when you put the towel on the chair, the towel is going to make the chair tummy. What's the work around you? What do you make it all complicated for? Our answer is, one vessel cannot make another vessel tummy. Why don't we say the chair directly makes the man tummy, Gufei, himself? It says, a vessel cannot be metame a person. And according to Basil, it says, you do put the chair, the, the towel down on the chair as opposed to putting it on the table. Because if you would say that you put it down on the table, then maybe you'll, you'll, you'll make the liquid on the towel tummy because of the table. The table itself is tummy. You put the towel down on the table, and now it's going to make the liquid on the towel tummy. And therefore, it's going to make the food on the table tummy. Big problem. If you put a towel on a table that's tummy, then the liquid's going to touch the food, and therefore the food's going to become tummy. Someone asks again, why did you have to skip a step? What do you mean? This food is touching the table. So because of the mere fact that it's touching the table, the food are tummy. The food inside of it. There's no halcha b'shulchan sheni askinan. We're talking about where the shulchan is only a tumah sheni. It's a second level of tumah askinan. The en sheni is a shlishi, and a second level tumah cannot make a third level tumah by chulit. Ela yidei mashkin only through liquid. So therefore, we need to say that it's a case of where the liquid it transferred into liquid, and then it touched the food. So, but my kamevgi, what's he arguing about? B'shamay sabri asur l'shtamish b'shulchan sheni. B'shamay says that one is not allowed to use a shulchan that has a second level of tumah. Why? Because it's exera mishamaychli truma. Because technically they could. Technically you're allowed to put, put, put chulon on it, but you're not allowed to put truma on it. So we're concerned that if people put chulon on it, then they're going to put the truma on it and they're going to eat the truma that's in fact tummy, which is asr. One is allowed to use a, a shulchan that has a secondary level of tumma. Why? Because the kohanim who eat truma are going to be very careful not to eat truma if it's tummy. Or alternatively, you don't have to wash your hands for chulon. According to the Torah. Samara asks again, similar to the, to the last time. My davaracher, what is it? What, what, what do we need two answers for? Just give me one, and you're good to go. This was the conversation between Beis and Beishamai. Why, by food, are we worried about tuma? But by hands, we're not worried about tuma. Even if you want to say that that it's preferable, even if you want to say that you don't need to wash your hands for chulin, according to the Torah. Meaning hands only have a, t- a din tumah midrabanan. 
right? So we obviously know that every, anything that's on at the Raisa level is going to be a higher level. We're going to have to be more machmir than as a Rabbanon level. So therefore, since hands, we don't, we're not as, we don't, we, we're not as machmir because really it doesn't have a source from the Torah. So therefore, okay, you can make it tummy. We're not as worried. But when it comes to food, big deal. It's a big deal to make food tummy. And therefore, we want to take extra precautions so as not to make food tummy. Okay, now we pretty much get away from the Tumen Tower stuff. San Rabbanan, Bishamay Arm, Mechab, Din Tarabbanan. Continuation again through a Brysa from what our Mishnah said. Bishamay Arm, and again there was Machlaikis, Bishamay said, Mechab, Din Sabais, Viach, Chachnaich, Nidaim. First one should sweep up the house and then wash their hands, again referring to uh, after the after the, uh, the meal. Namay Machrain. Shemata Aimer, Naitl Nidaim. So he's going to explain why. Because if you were to say, Naitl Nidaim, Tchila, to wash one's hands first, Nimtza Ata Mafsid, Esaichlin, then you'll find that what, what's going to happen? You're going to wash your hands and then there's still going to be pieces of bread on the floor because remember you haven't swept your house yet and then the food the, the water is going to fall on the bread and mess up the bread so you're going to lose out on your bread and it's a big problem right we know that we should be very careful not to throw our bread so the Bach takes this out, but he's pretty much saying the same thing, that you don't want to ruin the bread. Okay, so that's why you would want to sweep first so as not to wash first and then ruin the bread. And Beis Hill, who says that you should wash your hands first. Why? Because if the waiter is a Tamar Chacham, all the pieces of bread which are a Kazais and therefore significant enough that you don't want to throw them out, He's going to take them off the table because he's a Tamar Chacham, this waiter. And he's going to throw, and all, all that's going to happen is you're going to ruin pieces that aren't the size of Kazais. And pieces of bread that are not a Kazais, he can get rid of them, destroy them, do whatever you want with them. Destroy them because they're not significant. So therefore, we see that the Shamash, even though, even if you wash your hands first, when you wash your hands, there won't be any significant pieces of bread left. Because the shamish, who's a tamar chacham, would have taken it off the table. So, again, what's the basis of this machlekes? Beis Hillel Savri, Beis Hillel says you should wash your hands first, because he says You need to have a shamish that is tamar chacham. You can't have a waiter that, that's an amaretz. Your waiter needs to be tamar chacham. Therefore, if your waiter is tamar chacham, you know he's going to take the pieces off, so you can wash your hands first, and there's not going to be any bread there. Beishamah Savri, no. Beishamah disagrees, and he says mutol l'shtamish beishamah amaretz. You're allowed to have a waiter that's not a tamar chacham. Therefore, we don't know if he's going to take the pieces off first, and you might make the bread. The, um, um, you know, you might force the bread to be thrown out. Again, we had all these machlekes in between Basil and Beshamai. And he's saying, by all these halachas, we do paskin like Basil. Bar meha, except for this case of sweeping the house. That the halacha goes like Beshamai, that you sweep first and then wash your hands. Rabbi Aisha switched around this different, the different shitas, and therefore he can say that this goes like Basil as well. And he holds that every halacha that we just said goes like Basil, and this is not an exception. Okay, So he said the order in which one should do Havdalah. If they're in the middle of a meal, then the Haimber Havdalah comes around. So what's the order? Ravuna bar Yehuda the Gemara says, He saw that Rava made a bracha on the Besamim first. That was the first thing he did when he made Havdalah. So Amalei said to him, Let us see, Besamim. But why are you making a bracha on the besamim before the fire? Both Beishama and Beishil agree that the fire comes first. That's not disputable. But what do we see the common denominator between the two? Nair is number one. Everyone agrees that the fire comes first. So why are you making the besamim first? Who says that? 
So Ani Rava Bas Reizu Devrei Meir. So Rava says no. That's according to Remeir. Remeir has a certain version of the Machlekes between Beisham and Beshilo that they both hold that fire comes first. Alva Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Yehuda has a different version of the argument, and he says Rabbi Yehuda Aimer Loi Nechku Beisham Beshilo Alamazin Shubetchilo. Everyone agrees that benching comes first. The Alavdela Shibasayf and that Havdela comes last. Al Menech Laku. What do they argue about? Alam Arvel Besam. What order does the fire and Besam come in? Shebeisham Aim Alam Ar Beisham says. First to the fire. And we know obviously that that is in fact the minhuk that we do the summon first and then we go ahead and do the fire. Okay, so there's machleks in the Mishnah Shabara. What do you say? Do you say Shabara or Shabayre? So Amarava, right in the bracha, Bayre Ma'ireish. Do you say Bara Ma'ireish or Bayre Ma'ireish? So Amarava, Bara. So meaning when it says bara, it means that Hashem created. So everyone knows that Hashem created the fire. Hashem created it, right? When do they argue by bayre? Bayre means he will create in the future. It's a future tense. So says that's improper because it implies that bayre implies that he will create, but he hasn't created in the past. What are you talking about? Hashem created in the past. He creates and he always continues to create. No, Basil says Bayre also denotes the Baramashman also denotes the past tense. Master Rav Yosef Yosef asked Yosef Aru Bayre Chayshech Yosef Harim Ubayre Ruach Bayre Yashemayim Benaitem. In those places, Bayre seemed to imply the, the past as well. Elam Rav Yosef Bebara Ubayre Koliyama Leipligi Debaramashma. Everyone agrees that whether you say Bara or whether you say Bayre, that both of those imply that Hashem created in the past, because that's in fact the case. Hashem created in the past. Continues to run the world, but he created in the past. So, when do they argue? By the, by the words me'ar and me'ayre. Because the Beshamai Savri, Beshamai hold, when a fire is lit, there is only one light being lit. However, Beshilil Savri, Beshilil hold, when a fire is lit, there are several, there are multiple. Um, fires being lit. There's a similar verse that said, "Basil said Beshamai, there are many fires in a, in, there are many um, lightings, many lights in one fire." Okay, let's do a little more. In Mevarchin, we said that one should not make a bracha on um, on Besamim that came from a guy that came from a guy. Or from Avarizara, a few different options we had. So Bishlam Ner or Bisam, we said, right? So Bishlam I understand why you shouldn't make a bracha on a candle that comes from a guy, because the candle didn't rest, meaning the candle was used for Malacha on Shabbos, and you have to use a candle that was not used for Malacha. El Bisam in my time alloy, but Bisam doesn't have a din of Shabbos, it doesn't need to rest on Shabbos, so why can't you make a bracha on the Bisamim? Here we're talking about where it was a party of idol worshippers, a party of Gaim, but Gaim, and therefore, and generally, when there's a gathering of idol worshippers, they come, the Gaim, idol worshippers, that come together, then it's used for Avadizar. So therefore, the Basam was used for Avadizar. So therefore, we cannot obviously benefit from Basam that was used for Avadizar. So, what do you mean? There's already another case in the Mishnah that addresses Avaidazara. This case is addressing Gayim, not Avaidazara. So, why do we need the redundancy? We already talked about Avaidazara. 
Mechal the Rish Alav Avarzar Eskina. Obviously, the Rish is not talking about Avarzar. We wouldn't need to say the same thing twice. So, Mechanina, Misura, Matam, Ka'amar. No, we're simply explaining one is explaining the other. Matam, Ein Mavarchan Leilan Evalei Besamim Shel Akum. What's the reason? That one is not allowed to make a bracha on a candle on Besamim that belongs to a guy. Because we have to assume that if there's a party getting together of Gayim, that the Besamim slash Nair would have been used for Avarzar. Tarabanan. The rule is that a fire that rested on Shabbos, meaning it was not used for Malacha, they, well, let's say no one used the fire to do Malacha by it, so therefore it can be used for Avdela. But however, if it did not rest, if it was used for a Malacha in some way, then one cannot, um, one cannot uh, make Avdela on it. Umay loy shabas. What does it mean? It didn't rest. What does that mean exactly? Gemara says on the top of Nun Gimel Amud Aleph, Inay loy shabas machmas melacha. Either you could say, well, it was never used for melacha. So afilim melacha da teira. Even a melacha teira. Meaning there are certain times where fire is allowed to be used. For example, for a sick person or for uh, a woman giving birth. Vatayim l'nda brisa. Ar shel chayim shel chayim mavarcha love. We know that even if the fire was used for a sick person or for a woman giving birth, nonetheless, one is allowed to use it for Havdalah. So what do you mean if it was used for Malacha? You're not allowed to use it for Havdalah. Here we see you can. It's like my Shabbos. What does it mean that the candle has to be resting? It means if someone did something that was Aser, that was an Avera. And when a guy uses this candle, they're obviously, they're going to use it for a candle, they're going to use it for a malacha that theoretically, if the Jew would have done it, would have been also for them. I'm sorry, right, if there, you have a glass kli that was burning the entire day, on Monday Shabbos, you're allowed to use it for Abdel. Okay, everyone will stop there on the top of Nun Gimel Amidalaf.